Que ondas primos y primas and welcome to my primos podcast. My name is Freddie and with me tonight is my sisters, your primas, Karen and Chavela. Say what's up ladies. What up? What up? What up? Hey. Yeah, you guys are uh, what hashtag keeping it queered. I do have a question about that, by the way. Hashtag oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we got love some, queer questions. <laughs> we have some questions. Yeah, there you go. Double double <laughs> meaning. Uh, well, guys, welcome back to another episode. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in, of course. Know that you can find us all over social media at My Primos Podcast for the main show. Uh, or you can reach out to us at mypodcast at gmail.com. Comments, concerns. We got some questions today, so we'll cover those here. And I want to welcome you back. We had a little break in between. We had the interview last week with Henry Barajas, uh, yeah. a comic creator. Uh, he is uh, sharing a story of his great-grandfather and La Voz de Mayo. You should go check out that episode. It's really cool. That was a good episode. It was a good episode. I think so. I was a little nervous because I didn't know Henry. That was my first okay. time interacting with him. Okay. Oh, yeah. In seems so, like casual like you guys are friends i mean we're all primos right and i think that (laughs) i think that once we broke the ice like he kind of figured like hey you know what this guy's kind of cool he's not dogging my book or whatever i was legitimately really interested and really appreciate his time with me uh but you know walter's still out he's still out with his baby baby bonding time he's still baby bonding time yeah yeah but he's inching closer and closer to coming back on the show Hopefully we get an update, but the baby's good. It's almost a month old. She's almost okay. a month old. Uh, and yeah, I got to see her this past weekend, actually. I got to see her. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, Walter came up with uh, his partner, and we saw the baby. We got to hug the baby, and it's gorgeous. It's fun. Nothing. Nice. New babies. New babies. We got we to gotta hold the baby. Oh, yeah, we saw a baby this weekend. You saw a baby? Now, is it a baby baby, or is it a puppy baby? Baby, baby, baby. Okay. like two week old baby, a friend of ours. She just had her baby, so we went to go visit and hold the baby. He's so cute. Yeah. Blue eyes, like blue, wow. blue, blue eyes. Yeah, gorgeous. I don't know, like, uh, like Karen, our dad has green eyes, right? Yeah. Blue uh, eyes. I don't know. It, it changes colors. He's got blue eyes. There, well, it depends what he's wearing. It really, just, it, it really does. No, it, it does. It really depends on what he's wearing. I've never seen him have green eyes. No, we have we have brown eyes, right? Me and Karen have brown eyes, like hazel Karen brown has, eyes. Like, hazel. I have. I want to say maybe out of all but, of us. Sometimes Karen has like more green you know, eyes. I have probably the lightest eyes <laughs> out of all of us. Show <laughs> off. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I got brown eyes. I don't have. Green what? eyes like oh, our dad oh, does. What? What? I have a full head of hair. I have cool <laughs> colored eyes. Okay, yeah, see how it is. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but I'm getting Why at you it. mad, bro? <laughs> on all these fronts, right? But when James was born, everyone kept looking, hoping he'd open his eyes and have colored eyes. Like everyone, my mom, my dad, everyone went up to it like, oh, your baby is so cute. When is his eyes going to open? They look kind of bluish. And I go, he literally is like... 30 minutes born oh. of age like he you can't tell yet like let it let it let it mature. well because they say like it skips generation right yeah that's what they say about what is it uh, eye color twins uh what else yeah. intelligence i don't know height <laughs> height, right? height well if, if we ever have a kid it's gonna be we, short well yeah it's gonna be short but um Either one of us, whoever gets to like procreate <laughs> and carry, um, we have colored eyes on both sides because oh yeah, she Karen's does. Karen's dad has blue eyes. Your guys' green. dad has blue, blue, <laughs> green, whatever. And my mom and her dad have green eyes, like yeah. green, green eyes. So what did y'all call them? Swamp green, swamp water, green eyes. That's wow. what my grandpa says. So if if we ever have a baby, you know, we're hoping for them colored eyes. Yeah, <laughs> Other than oh, brown. What was the, what was the dream is like what? A co- a baby boy with colored eyes, right? That's like that was yeah. the idol that's what they were idolizing for. That it couldn't wait and then 
Like my well, son's fucking Jimmy handsome and cute. One of those. Jimmy's a boy, yeah. handsome, full head of hair. He's very cute. Full head of hair. Um, it'd be sad if he started balding. You know now. Oh, no. 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 What's that? Don't. What's that? Hey, hold no, on. Lucia has good hair. She does. She has good hair. So we have high hopes for Jimmy. Lucia has good hair. Her father has good hair. Like they all have a full head of hair, like crazy. Yeah. Let's hope he got his hair from her. Yes, because because I understand that nails and hair go hand in hand. So if you have like yeah. really good nails or long nails, you also have good hair, and that's. Should have took them prenatal vitamins. Jimmy has claws, <laughs> man. Like, he has claws. Oh, but I want to catch up with you guys. We have that little break in between. But let me ask you, since you guys are religiously lis- listening to this show out there, dozens of you, we definitely want to hear your feedback, you know, with how the show has been going. And some of you did reach out. They did throw some questions our way, which I'll get to. I've been teasing Queer questions. a bit. Been teasing a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to ask you. I mean, you guys listened to my episode with, with Henry. And what did you think of Henry, his story, and kind of what his book's about and the interview in general? I felt it was, like, awesome. I know, like, uh, we had talked about it before that you had sent me the article and, like, I, you know, it just got out of my way where, like, I didn't, like, read it myself. Mm-hmm. But after hearing that um, <clears throat> uh, the interview you did with him, it kind of made me want, want to go into it and, like, read it. Like, it, it caught my attention, you know? It really did. It was very drawing, you know? Like he said, um... He was basically writing history, you know? Seriously. Yeah. He, would, he had to literally, there was no libraries, there were no archives for him. Like, his grandfather was the archive. He Or, you know, people that he was affiliated with were his actual, like, his resources, you know? Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think it was really cool to, to hear what he had to say about everything. I definitely want to check out his Instagram and his Instagram page for the the book. Um, I definitely want to read it. Yeah. It seems like something worth reading and very interesting. I mean, like, it's true because we're, I'm interested in what our cultures have to say about, like, history, but there's a lot of things that we don't really know, and what one person says is true might not be the same truth for another person. So it's kind of cool to hear each person's um, story and their truth. So I think it's really cool what he did, and I look forward to reading it. Definitely. Like, you should check it out. You guys, you know, his, he's on Twitter at Henry Barajas, which is at H-E-N-R-Y-B-A-R-A-J-A-S. And uh, just uh, check out La Voz de Mayo. It is available to pre-order on Amazon. And uh, like he talked about, you can pre-order it, and he's going to go to the next round of Kickstarter funding, which means that you can support oh, him, cool. and he's going to release the other volume of his book, and the plan is to release the whole big volume in one compendium, you know, one solid book, mm-hmm. so you don't have to have multiple copies floating around, uh, but definitely check out Henry and his work, and I dig it, man. Like I said, it's cool that he is helping solidify history in a way, because like the history books are written by winners and sometimes, you know, the winners get swept under the rug because of the color of our skin. You know, there's a yeah. lot of people. Or, that, yeah. They're, you know what? But they're not even like really winners though. They're like sore losers. So they have to tell it from <laughs> the <way>. winner perspective. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> no, but for sure. Like with anything we're doing nowadays, we want to make sure we're represented, you know, represented in, and I'm always, I, I kind of lean toward more of the artistic side of things, but I like to see that what Henry's doing is a mix of both. You know, you're mixing the political and, you know, human side to the artistic side. And like I talked about in the episode, which you guys should definitely go check out, really kind of dive into it. So hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So we got some questions this week. I did put a feeler out there. Well, let's talk about that. So I got a message from, let me pull it up here. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) Shout out for a shout out. Follow for follow. This is from at Bazzi Myth, B-A-Z-Z-I Myth, M-I-T-H, at Bazzi Myth on Twitter. He goes, hey, what's up, primos and primas? Hashtag my primas. Uh, Oh, okay. I gotta get a Twitter. (laughs) Right. He goes, I enjoy the, the female perspective on the show. 
it's a, a different take on some of the stuff you guys usually talk about. Don't get me wrong, I do miss Primo Gualter, and I miss <laughs> I miss his uh, his random interruptions, and I miss <laughs> his ASMR. But I do appreciate the ladies and what they have to bring to the table. And I'm curious, what does keeping it queer really mean? Is it something you guys came up with? Is it a mantra? Is it something that we can ride as as primos and primas moving forward, keeping it queered? I'd like to know. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, feel like so this, I feel like this is a question for you. For me? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a question for you. Keeping it queer. Well, I think it's for both of us. Yeah. Well, first of all, we got to thank Primo Freddy because he's the one who kind of coined it. Yeah, he did. And he, like, really brought it to our attention because we're like, okay, if we do eventually start a YouTube channel (laughs) or podcast or something, it's definitely um, a contender for our name. I like it. So, I like it. Yeah, it's true because I feel like we're combining two things, queer and weird, two things that, you know, I think yeah. Karen and I both encompass really well because I like to say I'm a weirdo, like, I'm like a weird kid, adult, I don't know. I think it's a good term You're because... You're a adult. Yes. Adult. adult. <laughs> I'm adulting. It's nothing to look down on. It's not because, like, we're all different, and I think being weird is what makes us so unique and gives us our own personalities. So I like saying that I'm a weirdo. And being queer, I like that What's term. the definition of queer? For, well, I'll tell you the definition for me. Um, I mean, I don't, like, as far as my sexuality, I don't consider myself fully gay, fully lesbian, so I like to use the term queer to identify, because queer to me means that you're as gay as you want to be, and gay can be whatever it means to you, and I feel like queer just kind of brings us all into this term where everyone can feel inclusive, where you don't have to completely identify into one label or another. Queer yeah, it makes just you like, feel like safe. Yeah, you know? it makes you feel safe. It makes you feel loved. It makes you feel like you're in your own your own group. I mean yeah. like being bisexual is valid. Being gay, being lesbian, being pan. whatever everything is so yeah. completely valid, but for me being queer just feels like home. So I think keeping it queer just means like I get to be my full gay, queer, weird, authentic self, and, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> Karen, what about you? What is a hashtag? Oh, I guess we're gonna make it a thing. Hashtag keeping hashtag it queer. Hashtag keeping it queer. Hashtag keeping it hashtag queer. Hashtag queer questions. There you go. <laughs> no, just kind of what she touched on. You know, it's like home. You know, you don't have to specifically identify to. A certain sexuality, you know. Yeah, and I think and even then, like, and that's what I feel like people don't understand because they automatically assume, oh, if you say that you're gay, oh, you're either um, uh, in a man male relationship with another male or with mm, the female, mm, you know, like okay. m- female and female. That's what people don't get, you know, but there are, you know, trans people out there. There's people who are, what is it, pansexual? Pansexual. Pansexual. There's also also terms of the rainbow, like ace, non-binary. There's so many different terms. You can go through the whole alphabet. No, you know what I I take (laughs) from it? And I like it because, yeah, it's like you're playing with the word queer and weird and it's not yeah. hopefully yeah. taking in any negative connotation it's not my intent no we don't I mean it by that we yeah. don't mean it by that at all i think like any like um terms that get thrown our way we try to make positive situation yeah. because like those two terms queer and weird were used in a negative way to define people to make them feel little and small and we're taking those words to identify ourselves in a positive way and show that you know sometimes words are don't, hurtful. words are hurtful and mm-hmm. sometimes um you know you have to use them to make yourself stronger and show people you know what yeah i am a little weird but what's wrong with that you know what this is a movement guys yes keeping it clear it it's, it's a movement you know what i dig it it's kind of like 
keeping it queer. <laughs> hashtag my primos podcast. Hashtag my primas. Hashtag my primos. Everything. You gotta be a hype, a hype woman, Karen. Like, yeah. Hype, hype, hype. yeah. Come on. Um, but you know what? I, I touch on it. I felt like when you're just describing all the different representations, kind of like I always talk about, right? Representation matters. We it kinda, does. We kind of lean on the racial side of things, but sexually, you know, and and just identifying in whatever facet you'd like. I think representation matters in general. You know, there's... we gotta we gotta include you guys too, all the allies and stuff. You're part of the queer family. You don't have to be gay to yeah. identify. You can be an ally and support, and that's part of being queer. That like you say, you know what? I do support you, and I support and wholeheartedly believe in what you believe in. Or maybe I don't agree with it, but I respect you and your beliefs, and I think that's part of being queer too. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for the message. And uh, hashtag keeping it Thanks clear. for the question. Yeah. All right, I have another one here. This is from at AngelBurn7 right, on Twitter again, because that's where I got most of my replies. Uh, right. And it says, hey, guys, what's up, primos? Uh, a few episodes back, I don't remember how far ago, you and Walter uh, took a personality test. Like, I would love to hear an updated <laughs> version of the personality test with the primas and Freddie with you or just oh. something something like that. It'd be fun to revisit an old topic. But whatever happened to Walter Malcriado? I'd like to hear from him again, too. <laughs> Much love. Not, peace well, out. Hashtag well, my Walter podcast. Walter is on Baby Leave right now. <laughs> yes, Walter is he, on baby leave. He's he is due to come back. He's two weeks. He's due to come back in like two weeks. About two weeks, yeah. Yeah, and we've what been is getting his evaluations. His evaluations oh yeah, employee in. evaluations are coming up right around the time he returns. So you guys gotta keep on your best so... behavior too. Okay, your so, your probation period is gonna be at the same time. We'll see if you qualify for benefits. Do we get our benefits? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um yeah, I mean so I don't what know. are the results? What were the results for you guys' personalities? What? Oh, yeah. You, I thought you guys were, like, super fans and you listened we to us. We are super fans. Mm-hmm. I can tell. <laughs> uh, no, it was fun. It was uh, where I, I I read off these things to Walter, like, hey, you know, if you're in a forest and you see an animal, what animal is it? And, like, all these kind of questions. And then <laughs> it ended up telling you about Walter and his, like, his vibe or whatever. So. Oh, we should do a Harry Potter one. Do you, you remember mean, the Harry Potter, Potter one? Oh, like to see if we're a Hufflepuff <laughs> or a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've As a group? this already. So yeah. is my primo's podcast a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw? Well, no. We got to find out what each of us are, our houses, and then we got to find out what that makes us as a group. <laughs> <laughs> I Wait, I thought, what was I? Hufflepuff I or Ravenclaw? Hufflepuff. No, I was the Hufflepuff and you were Ravenclaw. Uh, Anyways, our geekiness shows out here. Uh, But I think I'm down to do that. You know, why not? Yeah. We can do that. Uh, Maybe I'll plan for it next episode and kind of get some stuff drawn up and we can go through that. But yeah, Walter will be back soon. Like I said, he's checking in with us here and there. And thanks for listening. Appreciate it. You've been listening for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, But that's uh, all I got for questions. Only had like two. But still, thank you guys that did reach out and just send some questions. Don't hesitate. Send us some stuff, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let us know what you guys want to talk about, any random questions, and feel free. We're all here. We're all ears. Yeah, let us know what you guys want to know. <laughs> we'll try to go into it. Alright, Primo, so this week we're going to cover a couple of big news stories that came up. And Karen, uh, Chavela, I shared the story with you guys and it definitely needs to be discussed. You know, me and Karen are Salvadoreños and Chavela, you're Mexican, Mexicana, Mexicana, Chicana. Chicana. You know, are you a chipster? Are you a Chicana hipster? Are you a chipster? <laughs> no. No? Okay. No. Chicanex. 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 All right. Okay. Chicanex. All right. I like it. That sounds like 
a trail mix, but a Mexican trail mix. A Mexican trail mix? <laughs> That's exactly what I am. A Mexican trail mix. Chicanex. Look for it at your local H-E-B. All right. So, uh, check this headline. The U.S. reaches an asylum deal in Central America with El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. So, if you don't know specifically what this is, it's the U.S. coming to an agreement with El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras right now. They're trying to, to have every one of these Central American countries agree to become an asylum for people running from their country due to violence or some type of, of plague or some type of uh, poverty issue. And it's a fucking like twisted as news story, which I, I'm going to paraphrase everything for you guys. But what it is is that if a, if, if a, if a refugee, let's say, leaves Nicaragua because of the war and they happen to pass through El Salvador, they are going to have to offer asylum. So follow me. And the rule reads to reach asylum in the U.S., like the big, like the big rules, I'm paraphrasing again. If you're seeking asylum in a country and you refused asylum at another country, then the U.S. can deny you access. They can deny your, your request for asylum because another country was able to offer you asylum, but you, de- you refused it. Okay. So the the fucking joke here is that, and I say joke because it's like, how is El Salvador going to be an asylum for people escaping <laughs> countries that are you know poverty stricken, full of violence? Crazy, man. They're like going from one bad to another. They're going into bad to worse. Like- the majority of people coming here from Central America, Salvador, Nicaragua, yeah. Honduras, like all these countries, but it's. It's twisted up because this is how they're going to try to get around denying asylum for people. Straight yeah. up denying it. Because they're trying to say, okay, let's say you come from El Salvador. You got to go through Guatemala, right? Yeah. If you go through Guatemala and Guatemala offers you asylum, you go, no, no, no I want to go to the U.S. Then you got to go through Mexico and Mexico's offering you asylum. You go, no, no, no I want to go to the U.S. Sorry, man. You walk through two countries. Mm-hmm. Right? Offering, asylum. offering asylum and help and you denied it you you were the one that refused it so we're not going to let you in here either and so I want to know your thoughts one which I think we'll share them but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it and secondly how asinine this is the fact that it's they're going to receive assistance and funding for this but it's not it's like it's not enough in here, yeah what do you think I don't know, it's just, like you said, it's going from, like, bad to worse. You're trying to leave a country that you aren't getting what you need there to be somewhere where you're trying to provide for yourself, for your family, for a better future. And then you're told you got to go to another country that you don't know people, you don't know anything that's going on, and you're just going to make your situation worse. Because you're being denied entry into the U.S. and your own country isn't helping you, like that doesn't make any sense. No, I just think the U.S., like you said earlier, they're just trying to get around letting anyone come in. You of know? course, it's this just Trump, their... man. Like his, his. But deal... you know, it's it's only Latino countries. You know, it's only south of the border. It's not with European countries. It's not with, you know, like, Asian countries that I'm hearing about. Why is it all targeted to the Latino, Hispanic community? It's because we're the... Right now, it's it's what's happening. Because the reality is this, man. The U.S. owes the Central, Central American people refuge for how they've pillaged those countries, how they're taking advantage of these countries. Yeah. Economically, agriculturally, you know, systemically, they they were the cause of the majority of this. And now they don't want to pay up for it. But just offering you some an opportunity to come work. Right? We always talk about that. We just want to come here to work, help our families. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. There is an argument, you know, to be said. Like, I had my dad, okay? He told me, he's like, man, yeah, there's plenty of good people, but there's also plenty of bad people in those crowds. And I go... Yeah, but I must say 90% of them are there because they need to. Maybe that 10% is that bad seed, right? 
But mm-hmm. you, but think about this: the danger they they face leaving their country, going through these three four countries, going to the border, getting pushed back, and you're in Matamoros where you hear a bunch of shit going on, like people getting kidnapped, people getting attacked, raped, taken okay. advantage of, while they're waiting to seek their asylum case. So it's, yeah. it's just insane. So here's a little more detail, since I want to just give it more clarity. The deal means that the U.S. will have the power to potentially deport thousands of asylum seekers from all corners of the globe to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. Now, this has seen a lot of its citizens journey north because of the poverty in these countries. Okay, Most of the migrant families and unaccompanied children who have headed to the U.S.-Mexican border have been from these countries. Okay, And so you start wondering, how are these countries equipped to do so? They're not. Now, they are. They escape for a reason. They left now, for a reason. Here's some more that I'm reading off this, and this is coming off of a CBSnews.com. If you want to check it out, give them credit for it. Uh, here is saying that as of Wednesday, okay, we're recording this. This is Wednesday today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this agreement will be will the uh, in practice those likely to be affected by the implementation will be migrants from Cuba, Haiti. Nicaragua, Brazil, Venezuela, and African nations that have journeyed to the U.S.-Mexican border in large numbers in the past year. So, because they had to pass through these countries to get to Mexico, they can be denied asylum. But is it, you said Cuba was involved in that too? Well, because they have to travel to, if they travel through Central America to get that's where most are kind of joining the Caribbean, kind of going that way. yeah. But isn't it, is that, is this still a thing where, you know, what that's saying, pie mojados, pie seco? I don't know. For Cubans? You know, because once they touch American soil, there's residents, right? Let's see here. The United States agreed to no longer permit Cubans intercepted at sea to come to the United States. Rather, Cubans will be placed in a safe haven camp in a third location. That's the definition of wet feet, dry feet policy. And so they're saying here that Cubans make up the largest number of migrants in Mexico trying to obtain asylum in the United States mm, right now. Okay. So, but that says that that's intercepted in the water. So what if they, they get across? I, I don't know. If they get stopped in the water, oh well, yeah, they get stopped in the water. If they get on land. <laughs> Let's see. Let me read some more of this. For two decades thereafter, any Cuban caught in the waters between the two nations with wet feet, quote-unquote, would similarly be returned to Cuba or sent to a third country, while one who made it to shore, dry feet, got a chance to remain in the U.S. and later would qualify for expedition or legal uh, residence. And in January of 2017, Barack Obama announced the immediate end of the policy. Oh, okay. Yep. So that that he ended the policy, period. So it, it just doesn't. It just it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anymore. So okay, yeah, on the fly. Sorry, I can have those details ready, but you know. It, yeah. Come on, we're we're trying to get you some information out there, something to talk about because this is bullshit. Like you think about the yeah. countries we come from. We're from El Salvador. We know the dangers that go there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There are plenty of places where someone can still go and enjoy themselves, but it's so small, and the majority of people are. Yeah. Fuck, we see our, our our primos and our legitimate family there that's just starving yeah. to death trying to get here by all like, means. Like, Chabela was asking me today, she was like, when do you ever see people, like, you know, as far as for us, you know, like, when do you see, hear your family say, hey, I'm going to go to El Salvador because I want, because I really want to know you're going because, one, you might still have family there, you know? Like, and it's a very small amount of family that you still have, but you're not going to go to visit for, like, pleasure, you know? You're not going there for vacation. You're not going there for vacation. I like to, and I'm of the same school, right? Like, I used to think, well, I would never go back to Salvador. What for? You know, like, I have my my abuela over there and some primos that I know and my tias to visit and talk. Okay, cool, you know, but to go and explore and all that, someone, I think I have, we have a friend of the show, um... Her name is Sarita. She had a show called Tropicaneando. And she travels to Salvador a lot. And she okay. tries to do, like, highlights of nature, how beautiful it is, you know, all the like the places you want to visit, the foods, the culture, the music. And it's yeah. great. You know, the picture that's painted to you of this good side of things. But I've experienced just negative stuff, you know, even yeah. when I was there in the country. Todo negativo is my perspective, right? 
My mom um, still goes every every few couple times a year. She goes out there and and tries to support you no know, causa and helping el comité and helping kids and helping people, helping her own neighborhoods. And she yeah. enjoys it. But she even tells me herself, she's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you still got to be careful. You still got to pagar renta and all that. You know, like you still got to kind of play the game and it's still not yeah. any better. Yeah, it's not not easy, you know, walking down those streets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for like, let's say like us, you know, we're not, we're, we know where we are, but we're not from there. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, like how we say it, we're not in our hood, you know? Yeah. Even your tío. Like, when he went, he didn't even recognize. Yeah, like, Monko, that's a whole different story. But he had had been there since he was, what, like, 17? Yeah. You know, so it was a whole different world for him, you know? It's not just that, but look at Guatemala. I know Guatemala's doing at least financially better than Salvador is. But, like, these countries are are struggling their people are struggling to want to stay in, in their homelands and you know we've had family that left El salvador and went to guatemala you yeah know, had a better a better, yeah. a better life for their safety their health their lives yeah. but this plan here is just another way to deter more people and just negate everything that they've been trying to do that long walk that they took you know people are still taking yeah. today you know i didn't uh, i went to volunteer at a school recently and it was nothing but immigrants refugees people that just came and it was specifically for this school was designed to teach kids for one year apparently everything they will need to know to go into regular public schools wow okay it's i hated it and i loved it because i hate the fact that the curriculum is so strict that they don't speak spanish to these kids Okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Or their language. Yeah. They make them speak English, which I get. Mm-hmm. Sub- submersive, you know, you immersive part, immersive uh, teaching, and that's the way you learn the language. Okay. But right. there is still a barrier there with certain things that you need that hand to help you through it. And of course. I went to volunteer and I did some translations for some kids. I met like with some sixth and seventh graders. And then I met with like some 10th and 11th graders. And okay. It was like a breath of fresh air, uh, fresh uh, breath of fresh air for them when I walked in, started talking to them in Spanish, and they were like, "Oh, cool! Can you help me?" And they were really hungry to get the help. They were hungry to understand what's going on, and they kept saying, "Like, oh man, they need to have someone like you in all the classrooms, you know, wow. like just yeah. to usher it in." Hey, more props to the teachers, right? Because for them to go to a classroom that they don't know the language, they have to use Google Translate for everything. And have the patience to work with some rowdy ass high school kids because they are <laughs> right. We know our propia gente how we get. Yeah. And the patience to not lose it. Like the teacher I sat with was very like calm, collected, trying to teach his class, but they're not really learning in the appropriate fashion. Maybe the program works. I just I, I was one day right, one day there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying like. People are coming here because they they want a better life. They're not coming here to take advantage of anything. They're not coming here to just lay around and be mm. the kids. It's not like it's an easy journey. It's not. Like it's... people wouldn't make the the attempt for, you know, freedom for a better life or whatever the reasons are if they didn't have to. Exactly. I feel it's... like that's what it comes down to. And I don't know. I think it's I think the US like government is so quick to help or say they want to take action in certain politics and certain things, but in others they just completely ignore. They pick and choose what they want to help. Oh, yeah, it's not it's not helping them. They're not making money off of us anymore in Central America. It's costing them money. And think about this, the greed that goes into it. You know, we hear about Salvador politics always corrupted, Guatemala's president, you know, got all, this, all this fallout with the Central American countries. They're trying to get in bed with the U.S. because they need money. You know, the Chinese yeah. came in and started helping rebuild these third world countries, too, because they want a hand in there. Like, they're they're allowing these things to happen, but the country itself is never going to produce anything outside of being used. But Our- the U.S. doesn't even have money to give like that, really. Look at how much we're in debt as a country. But think about it this and way, like, still- even the history between, like, 
Dole and Chiquita Banana and all that stuff in Central America. <laughs> like, hey, fuck bananas. I haven't had a banana like in a year. Um, like, but I'm saying is they <laughs> took it. Really? Yeah, I haven't had Why? a banana in like a year. <laughs> you really want to go into a Chiquita Banana protest right now? We can talk about the no. Banana Wars, okay? The Banana Wars <laughs> will be a subject on next week's class, okay? Next next week's quiz. But it go is. look up the Banana Wars. I'm serious. We'll talk about it. All right. Go look it up. All right. But all right, well. they took advantage of all the people. They came in. It was all about money, taxes, and how to take advantage of El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, all these countries got taken advantage of for their agriculture and their people and their workforce. They were used until they were stripped bare, and then they started civil wars. They started just Contra, guns, drugs, everything started moving in and out. They pillaged that part of the world. And now they're going back. Okay, here's some more cash. Let's just make this problem go away. Keep your people where they are or let them just leave. But guess what? They ain't going to get where they need to get because they're working around loopholes, which sucks. Yeah, that fucking sucks, though. It It's horrible, you know? Like you said, they scrapped up whatever money they had, if that, you know, to try to make it a, to travel to try to get to a better place, and then they're denied entry, you know, and then they're sent back to a, a country that's, uh, yeah, a, a country that can, can't even afford to have the, keep themselves, you know? That's what this administration's been doing. They don't give a fuck about human, human lives. They don't give a fuck about people. And this is kind of a this is a kind of slap in the face because it's also making these countries just kind of hypocrites, you know? These countries are saying they're better for their people, but it's all greed, you know? It's all fucked up. I hate it. They only care about human rights when they're controlling those human rights. Ugh. I don't know. Yep. Well, guys, I'm disgusted. I'm bothered by this story, but... Let us know what you guys think. Please tweet at us, you know, message us. Let us know your thoughts on this. This isn't going to stop here. We definitely got to keep an eye on it and just uh, keep the dialogue going. Yeah. Make noise. This week in Disney News, uh, Disney's Katherine Powell had announced that she's leaving the company for her current position as president of Disney Parks West. So that position was, she's had it for two years, and that position was actually created for her so she could manage Disneyland Paris, Disneyland Resort here in Anaheim, California, and Disneyland World Resort in Florida, I believe. So that position was created for her because she thought she could like manage everything with um, everything that came with uh, Fox, the Disney and Fox merge, and then with Disney's new Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars lands. But uh, before she had that position, it was broken up where there was a person in charge of each resort. But when she took the position, she's like, you know what? I can do it. I don't need no one. I'm a boss-ass bitch. But she only had the position for two years, and it didn't work out. I heard that. that, Like, I don't know about her specifically, and I definitely want to talk about it, but I have my thoughts on that. I heard that. Disney raised the prices again for yes. admission? Yeah, yeah, so that kind of ties into it. So basically, Disney said, you know what, we're going to get rid of that position. It didn't work out. So they just announced who the people are that are taking over. So basically, there's one person, Rebecca Campbell, who's going to be president of, I believe, um, Disney Resort here in Anaheim, California. And then there's going to be Josh DeMauro, who's going to have Walt Disney World in Florida. And then there's going to be Disneyland Paris, controlled by Michael Carl Glazier, who's going to handle all of that. And he already manages the Disney parks in Asia. So basically, her workload is split apart. 
Well, yeah, it makes sense. One person can't manage all those parks. I mean, even if you want yeah. to uniform everything, right? I don't know why she thought she yeah, would be able she to she handle able, it yeah. with Fox. Disney and Fox merged, plus the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That was a lot just within this past year, right? Yeah, year. Yeah, within the past year. That's I mean, obviously lot. there's planning that goes into it before that, but like with everything opening up and merging and starting in the past year, that's a whole lot. So basically they said, you know, it's too much for one person to take control, so they split into the three the three positions that are now run with people who already work for Disney. So the reason why they said that it was um, a lot, well, I guess a lot of people were giving her backlash, saying that um, her resigning from that position was related to Disney, like, losing... Um, percentage in the stocks and from them losing percentage of like uh, number of people who are attending the parks yeah. because I guess they were expecting a certain amount of people to attend the parks when Galaxy's Edge opened here in California and the numbers weren't as high as they anticipated. Well the park isn't that land isn't completely done you know. Right and that's why a lot of people were saying too that people were avoiding it because one, it's a new park, part of the park, so there's going to be crowds. Who likes crowds? No one does. Nobody. Yeah. And two, they said that since they're opening it in phases, only part of it's going to be open. There's only going to be one ride. So why would people waste money to go see it when it's not done? I so. think that. Disney has a tons of like fucking bravado. Like they think, hey, whatever we do, people are loyal. People are gonna follow and want to do, and we're expected to make money because we're Disney. Uh, almost like, like they walked in with their big guns, and it's like, okay, hey, we're gonna do this. You're gonna like it, and we're gonna make tons of money. It doesn't work that way. I mean. If you're building something for a fan base, and like Karen said, you're going to go for one ride, a three-hour wait, and then you spent 150 bucks to go there for that one thing, you start thinking twice, like, damn, like, even if you're a diehard Disney person, that's money, dude. Like, you're spending tons of money to go burn an afternoon or a day if you're a season pass holder. And if you're a one-time visitor... That's yeah. maybe your family vacation, and you're thinking, "Oh shit, I went to Disney, waited six hours for three rides," and you're like, "Woo!" Like they need to redesign how they do things. I'm not a architect by any means or an engineer to be like, "This is how you make the parks more accessible." Maybe drop the price a little bit. I mean, yeah, and not to mention they increase the prices for admissions for. Uh, single day tickets and then for the passes so they mm -hmm. said that also dropped attendance rates because now they're just making it like really limited into it, who it's affordable for yeah so like what do you expect when less people are going but i mean like we go to the parks pretty often and like our pass pays for itself not pays for itself but like obviously you're also because you have to justify it you're like, I better go once every couple <laughs> weeks or every yeah, month. Yeah, and we do. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't feel like it's, like, where every ride we go on, there's no wait. Like, there's still a wait for there rides. There's still a wait. So, I don't know. I don't know where these numbers are coming from. I don't know if they expect it to be completely crowded because they don't want that either. But, I don't know. And it kind of ties into the other story about what's going on with Disney Plus, the new streaming service. Yeah, you yeah. heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's like Disney's Netflix. Well, because <laughs> Disney, Disney bought Hulu. So, yes. keep in mind, so Disney bought Hulu, yeah. and which is ESPN as well. And, <laughs> I mean, Disney Plus is a killer deal. They're going to come in for seven bucks a month. Oh, a month. dude, that's like gold right there with all the disney movies disney archive movie movies new disney series um new disney like live action like movies like lady and the tramp that's yeah. coming out yeah. as a live action so it's crazy man but so you think about it it's gonna it's gonna make the market so difficult because then you're gonna it, it, I mean, fuck, dude. Disney's becoming a glutton when it comes to that stuff. If you think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. They're 
capitalizing on everything, which that's the, like, shitty part about Disney. As much as we love Mickey Mouse and happiness, happiest place on earth, there's, like, so much greed and corruption within the company as a whole. And it's just, like, it's just sad that they're, like, money, 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 money. That's all we care about. So it's putting all the people who fell in love with Disney, who's, who wanted, who went to Disney as a child and have these memories, they can't even continue with it because it's like costs you an arm and a leg to freaking go or experience it. It's like, okay, you can have this for this price. I think it's, it's like that, you're essentially buying happiness. Well, they, they are. They're banking on nostalgia. We talk about it. They bank on nostalgia. They make sure that a grandma and grandpa like Disney. They grew up with it. They've, they've lasted the test of time. They figured out families, kids make money. You know, if you have a kid, that's who your audience has to be. But guess what? You're catering to grandma and grandpa by still having Main Street. You're catering to Karen's age because they like Star Wars and Marvel. Like you're catering to everyone. They figured it out because they're like, you know what? Let's bank on nostalgia. That's going to make mm-hmm. it happen because that nostalgia can really, you can really ride that train. Don't get me wrong. I'm a victim of it, you know? But well, is it, Aren't we back in the 90s right now with all the movies that came out this year? Apparently, man. I was thinking back like, oh shit, why is this 15-year-old wearing a Nirvana shirt? I want to go up to her and go like, Name me three Nirvana songs that are not on Nevermind. And then then go, go, you know, but hey, that's just me because I'm an old man. But the nostalgia thing with Disney always trips me up because it's like, fuck, dude, I get it. I'm a victim to it. I I like Disney, but do I like it where it's almost a $200 ticket for me to ride three rides and get sunburned? Like it's, I don't know if it's worth it anymore to go to the parks. There needs to be, you know what needs to happen? There needs to be like a new theme park, like something a completely, a whole for new thing for ticket? like sixty bucks a ticket. Because didn't not six that's like not very far. That's not very far. <laughs> but didn't like Six Flags used to be like fifty bucks, sixty bucks at one point? It's like eighty now. It's um, oh, uh, it's okay. Damn, you sound so disappointed. Like You're like, eh, it's, it's okay. But it's not Disney. It's not Disneyland. That's the thing. What if it's just, look, they just have marketed Disney so well that to you, that's the gold standard, right? Like, Of course. Like Disney. But fuck, man, there has to be something but out honestly, there to compete. You can't compare going to Knott's Berry Farm to Disneyland. Okay. Like, the experience okay, but what is about, way different. What about next year, Karen Chavela, when Super what? Mario Land is opened at Universal Studios? That is going to be so cool. I love Universal Studios, but it's so far. You have to pay for parking. And oh, you don't pay for parking at Disney? Nope. not the greatest. Liar. We don't. It's a $25 we don't. parking for Disney. Whatever. We do not pay for parking. Okay. We don't pay for parking. It's already included in my pass. Oh, okay, so you pay for it, but just not every time. I pay for time. it. Not every time. Not every visit. We... We didn't pay for parking before. We for had the, the first park. two years, we didn't pay for parking. We parked two miles away and walked. <laughs> yeah. Point is, Super Mario Land video games, <laughs> that's going to be the next big thing. And it's going to be interesting because they've shown mock-ups of it online where you can go check out like what the, the rides are going to look like. They're going to have a Mario Kart like Mario Kart, like a real I want Mario them Kart. I to expand yeah, on Jurassic you know, Park. Now that, you, now that you're talking about uh, Mario and Harry Kart, um, did you know that there's a new uh, Mario Kart app game? Yeah, do you really want to talk about that? How it's a broken-ass app and it costs five bucks a month to play Mario Kart? A month? Really? They're missing the mark on that. Like, Nintendo is missing the mark on a mobile game that people want to pay a dollar or two maybe to play Mario yeah. Kart and maybe sell little carts. You know, I'll buy a dollar yeah. cart or something like that. But for you to pay five bucks a month just to play Mario Kart. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That's the that's missing the mark there. You know, Nintendo's just yeah. as old as I'm saying, but it's just another nostalgia company. Nintendo banks yeah. on, you know, Mario, Link. You know, all the old school Nintendo games, people love them to death. That's going to bank yeah. the parents to buy it for the kids. Like me. I'm a sucker for that. He's like, yep. 
I used to look. That's what you're a sucker for. I am <laughs> video games, but guys, you know what? The thing is that nostalgia. There's gonna be a video game theme park. There is. There is gonna be. Look at Universal's being become Super Mario World area land. <laughs> world anyway. <laughs> but the point is nostalgia looks like this is the topic here the nostalgia well and only that like nostalgia itself is just scary it's good it can what be used against you what are you willing to pay for <laughs> what are you willing to pay for that nostalgia hit you know what are you willing to pay for it 150 160 <laughs> well, apparently you'll let me know next year because you're going to pass us again anyways I guess so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll know because you'll tell us. But uh, I think yeah, we'll let you guys know. Definitely. Should we do a poll? Is it worth it? Is it yes, worth it? No. Or should you should post a question online? But guys, is it worth it? Do a poll. I'm gonna let you ladies do that one on the My Primos <laughs> podcast. But ladies, uh, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, I definitely love talking to you guys, and I hope you all listening can keep chiming in. We'll try to get a show going every week. This one's posted a little late, but we're still going to get something out every week on a consistent basis. Primas, I definitely appreciate you jumping on, you know, taking over while Walter's on baby leave. Uh, I really hope that we're not terminated once he gets back. I know. Are we going to be laid off? You know what? We'll come to that decision if we need to. We don't know let's, yet. Things are going good. Let's let the dozens of listeners vote if we should stay on. We're going to do a if we're we, gonna do a poll for that too. Yeah. If we can get to triple digits on listeners, ooh, maybe. maybe. It'll be because of us. <laughs> because of you. There you go. So okay, hashtag save the primas campaign. Okay. <laughs> hashtag we go through so much. Come on, we we went through the measles. <laughs> you did the measles. Give us a break. <laughs> Definitely. But guys, uh, you can follow us. The show is at My Primos Podcast. Karen, what's your Instagram? Someone can follow you? It's K.M.E.J.I.A. 229. You need a better Instagram. And Isabella, what is yours? <laughs> it's Izzy Bells with three Z's. I Z Z Z Y B E L L X on Instagram. Whew. All right. Well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> we'll post that stuff on. Let us know. We should make it Twitter. <laughs> If you need a Twitter, yeah. let us know. Let Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we love you listening. We love your interactions. Stay tuned for next week. And as always, good night. Yeah.